0: let's let's, let's let, 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 let let's get to it oh my god
1: gotta' be selfish I don't give a fuck this is the it's the sacrifice but without great sacrifice and without great risk Just, there is no such thing as great reward. Can't have one. There's, there, that doesn't, there's no, that math will never math. And I don't like this word, but I'm going to say it because it's true. You have to be a little man, maniacal with the shit. Maniac, right? That word isn't good in a lot of situations, but when you're pursuing your destiny, when you identify with your destiny, You have to be selfish, you have to be maniacal, you have to be uncompromising. It don't matter how much it feel like it ain't gonna work. Delusional. Complete delusion. You gotta believe the delusion. (laughs) Because it's only delusional until it works. So is it really delusional? A motherfucker only gonna call it delusion until it don't work for nobody else to see, but for the whole world to see. And then once the world see it, there's nothing delusional about it. Now your delusion becomes, oh, he was a fucking genius.
0: Shout out to that boy, Buster Rhymes, man. <laughs> oh my god yeah what they talking about Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah this is Ariel the rollercoaster podcast episode 31 I appreciate everybody coming in joining with us right now you know how we do though hey hey Episode 31, Ariola Roller Coaster, we bout to have some fun. Young Steezy, you know I'm Darlene's son. I ain't here to play with nobody. Fight, no guns like uh we really, really do it. The boys from Kentucky, man, they really really stupid. And I mean that in a good way. I mean that in a hood way. You know how I do it, man. I do it nigga real glad. Like what these nigga shit say, what they talking about. Pete smooth on the beat, yeah, we walking out. I'm ready to get this whole shit started. Young Steasy, you know we here for the party, like, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Hey, man, welcome to the Ariola Roller Coaster Podcast, man. The first motherfucking episode in 2024, man. It's a new year. You know what I'm saying? We starting off fresh, man. Episode 31. I appreciate everybody out here, man, getting into the joint, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh appreciate everybody checking in, man, on YouTube. Shout out to everybody checking in on Facebook, you know what I mean? Shout out to everybody checking in on Twitter. Shout out to the people on Twitch, man. We everywhere, you know what I'm saying? We getting this in. We making it happen. You understand what I'm saying? It's a whole lot going on right now in the world, man. 2024 is starting with a bang, you hear me? 2024 is starting with a bang, man. You know what I'm saying? I am ready to get to let's, it, man. I am ready get to get to, get to it, it, man. Before I do all of that, man, let me shout out everybody out there, man. Shout out to my dog Kurt Machiavelli, shout out to Slim Newton. Thirty seconds in, he's already trying. He already trying to roast. Come on, man. You, are, I, I'm understanding how you, uh, how you got on YouTube on a, a, a garage remote. You on an Android. You charge your phone by sticking it in the microwave. <laughs> you hit thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds, and you get out and you got sixty percent ugly. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't watch my stream on an Android. You're gonna bring my numbers down. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Shout out to Marcus Beatty. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, Kyle. What up, though? You know what I'm saying? He said, I saw the word areola and naturally stopped. Salute to that. You know what I'm saying? That's what that is. Oh, my God. You know, we have some fun tonight, man. You know, like I said, it's a whole lot going on. So I'm going to let everybody fill in before I really get into it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to start on some other stuff because we know that Cat Williams is going to control the narrative the whole entire night, man. You know what I'm saying? It's so much to cover when it comes to that, especially with me being in a comedy game. Everybody's going to want to know what my take is. And I'm going to give you my take. You know what I mean? But I just don't want to, you know, blow the low. I'm going to make that on the second half of the show, the back end half of the show. So I'm going to just cover stuff that's just happening uh, right now. You know what I'm saying? Just a whole lot of weird stuff that's happening right now. You know what I mean? So uh, with that said, no, no further ado. Uh, Let's get to it. I want to um <laughs> I want to look at this story. I want to start out with this story. This story is wild, my boy. This story is I mean, bro, you talking wild. This story is wild, my boy. Um they got a story about an Atlanta radio host that says he found his long-lost sister after she swiped right on his Tinder. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He found his long lost sister after she swiped right on his Tinder. Man, I'm talking about. Bruh tweeted about it too. That's what's wild. Like he said, he said, "Bro, dating in Atlanta is not a real place." Tell me why I found my long lost sister from swipe for her, from her swiping right on my Tinder. <laughs> he said, for context, though, he said, "I've never had a relationship with my biological father. Not even a little bit. I knew who he was." He was just absent from my life since a kid. I had a father figure. It just wasn't my dad. (laughs) Said, over the holiday, my mom reached out to him on Facebook to get some questions answered. If y'all know me, you already know how I feel about rekindling things with people. Um, (laughs) Said, she's telling me more about him and what she had gathered. And she tells me about him having a daughter that works for CNN. He said, my daddy's a bitch, but at least he produced two kids at the height of their profession. Even losers have purpose. (laughs) He said, but again, if y'all know me, I don't care about none of that. So this conversation happened Thursday the 28th, right before New Year's. So Monday night, the first, I get in my apartment and I open Tinder. Now that I got the Tinder account, that tells me who swiped my Tinder profile and I can match or decline from there. So I get a match and I kind of recognize the name. So I swipe and do some research on the socials, and then it hits me. <laughs> he said, it's Monday night. I'm thinking this has to be the biggest coincidence in the world, and she has to know, right? But she don't know, and her messages on she messages me on not just Tinder, but IG too. <laughs> he said, my sister was actively trying to bag me. <laughs> Yo, listen to what I'm telling you, my boy. I, that's a forever, that's a forever stain, man. That's a forever stain that your sister tried to bag you on Twitter like your long-lost sister you never met her yet, but the time that y'all met, it just so happened to be on Twitter. I mean on Tinder. That's wild. That's wild. Um <laughs> he said what's crazy about it all? is She don't have a relationship with him either. And so basically they just roaming the world and ended up finding each other. Uh, Good thing they caught it, you know what I'm saying? At least they wouldn't three sessions in because that would have been weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would have been weird. You know, they three sessions in and now they found out that they blood brother and sister. Like, what? You know? <laughs> hey, that's wild. That's a that's a wild take because, one, I don't know nothing about dating apps. I mean, I don't know about y'all. Have y'all ever been on dating apps? I ain't never really been involved in in a dating app, so I can't tell you. I can't tell you what that would be like. You know what I'm saying? Like I I've never downloaded none of that. Plenty of fish Tinder. I couldn't tell you nothing about it. I have been cat. I've been used for catfish though. My my pictures have been used for catfish uh, activities. And I didn't know until people was hitting me up with screenshots of messages being sent to them. And I forgot the name that they was using. It was like Daniel or something like that, but they was using my, my pictures as they profile pictures in the pictures that they were sending the women trying to act like, you know, whoever they was, but it was my picture. So that's as far as I've gotten in that game, you know what I mean? But uh, that's wild to be on Tinder and had that happen. Like I've never, like I said, I've never been a part of that world, but I've had partners who've been a part of that world. And you know, when your partners give you the, they give you the drill, like, you know, they tell you what's really good. It ain't no holding back. And, I was trying to not look so shocked because that would have like made me look uncool. You know what I'm saying? But I was like really shocked because he's like, bro, like I legit can find a match and get some work that same day. And I'm like, what? I'm like, like legit, you getting, you getting busy. Like you having sex that day. Like he's like, yeah, like we choose somewhere to meet up after we match and have a conversation and a couple hours later it's action. And then we'll decide if we want to ever talk to each other again. And I'm like, bro, you're an evil villain. Like, cause what? I can't compute that as being a thing. But I guess I'm late to the party because this has always been going on, right? (laughs) It's all types of. Like, I'm a comedian. People know me in my town for telling jokes. I'm on flyers. I've been on commercials. I've been out. I can never have a Tinder. If I had a Tinder profile, bro, do you know what? Like, it would be so weird, bro. Like, they probably screenshot that and send it to my kids. Like, bro, what? But bro went on t- Tinder, man, and and his sister, his long-lost sister, swiped right on him, man, and, and hit him up on Instagram. She was really trying to get bro and them guts. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Oh,
0: that's nasty times, man. That is nasty times right there, man. Uh, i'm glad I'm glad, bro found that out. You know what I'm saying before it was too late. you know what I'm saying? I don't know about y'all, but that's wild, you know um, and other news, let's get to it. Um, I seen this video uh about a woman, you know. <sighs> Women be trying to seek validation sometimes. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not bashing or nothing like that, but women be seeking validation and sometimes they'll go to the internet, right? Because they need somebody to agree with them because they feel right. So if they get a couple people agreeing with them, then they'll feel more like they what they said was correct. So in this particular instance, right, um this chick, she said that um, this chick, she said that she's in a relationship. But her and her dude are getting into it because if she goes to the bar with her friends, she still accepts drinks from other, from other men. And he's telling her that that ain't cool, but she's like, she doesn't see the issue with it. So, I mean, I, I need your opinion on that. Cause that's wild. I mean, that's, that's a wild thought process. You know what I mean? For you to sit there and be in a relationship. But when you out in public with your girls, a man can walk up and buy you a drink and she's really like explaining how she, this is supposed to work so i'm going to play the i'm gonna play the audio from it man see what y'all think
2: my boyfriend just asked me when i'm out with my friends if a man offers me a drink what i do and i'm like i'll take the drink and he was it. so surprised he was like what and i'm like well, what did you expect me to say and he was i thought you were gonna say no like when a man offers you a drink or if a man offers you a drink you turn it down i'm like no, like, um, I mean, there are moments where it's appropriate to turn on a drink, right? If a man is like aggressively flirting with you and you know you don't want that, turn it down. If a man walks over to you with a drink or says, I'm gonna get you a drink, I'll be right back, turn it down. I gotta see it be made. But if we are literally at the bar together and you like, What are you drinking or what do you have and I'll get it for you? Absolutely. And then I set the standards or the expectation afterwards that not only are you buying a drink for me and my friends, but we're not about to sit here and talk and mingle and flirt afterwards. Like if you buy me a drink, I want you to know that you are literally just buying me a drink. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I'm not turning down the drink. Like, (laughs) I guess that's like the whole point. My point is I'm not turning down a free drink, especially when you get it for me and my friends. Like for what? What, like, what do I get out of that other than no drink?
0: <laughs> Listen, man, it ain't a beverage out there that exists that's going to make me OK with somebody buying my girl a drink. I don't even want a woman to buy my girl a drink. Like, what, what are we talking about right here? You are telling me that it's OK for another man to walk up, get your attention and buy you a drink. You're talking about. Uh, I'm going to accept a drink, but it ain't no conversation. It ain't no whole lot of, it's only a handful of stupid niggas out there that actually go for that. People are buying drinks with a purpose and you know, and that gives you, it gives you the, like the, 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 um, the ability to, you know, get something put in your drink. You know what I'm saying? Something turns into something, you know what I'm saying? And just, just imagine if something get put in your drink, something new that you don't know about something that's invisible, dissolves real quick. You never knew it happened. What if the bartender is, is in on the plot? You thinking that the bartender just pulled the shot. You don't even know the stuff is already in the cup. You drank the drink and all of a sudden you drugged up and you don't make it home a- until, you know, somebody that had their way with you. Now you apologizing to your man because now your man got to find out who did this to you. Not knowing that you just out her accepting everybody's drinks. You know what I'm saying? What y'all think about that? That's wild to me that she actually thinks what she said was okay. I've never been a fan of that. I've never been a fan of that. I'm not overprotective. I just know that escalations can happen. A shoulder to cry on become a dick to sit on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I learned that the hard way in my life. So I don't I don't do all that. You ain't to sit here and tell me that uh you got a crush on a celebrity. We don't do all, we don't do none of that. I don't do none of that. Because I ain't gonna sit there and tell you I got a crush on a celebrity. I might like a, I might think that whoever is the flyest chick on the planet, but I ain't going to sit there and tell you that. Why would I say that to you? You know what I mean? And why would I allow you to say that to me? Ooh, uh, usher is so fine. Well, shit, have uh, usher help you with this goddamn light bill then, that keeps getting turned off. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? But that's just me. That's just me. I, I don't know about y'all. I am not letting nothing about my girl drink. If she accepts the drink, And she better sip it for as long as she, that drink better last the rest of her life. Cause I'm, I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) We can, we can cut this off right now. (laughs) You, you better go and find that dude that bought that drink and ask him to buy you some more. Cause we do. If he can buy you a drink, he can buy you anything else. You know what I mean? It's the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe things is different around, you know, around the world, but the way I see it, that's wild. (laughs) For real. And other news, let's get to it. Um, social media. Um, hold on. <laughs> said uh, said in my T pain voice, "Let me buy you a drink." Hell to the nut! Right, right. I like. I would be mad if one of my friends bought my girl a drink. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, bro. what you what you look like buying somebody else's girl a drink like that's that's weird kurt Machiavelli said you take the drink open yourself up to other conversation whether you want it or not if they say the right thing facts facts it might be harmless conversation that turns into a large conversation that turns into a dance that turns into a, a, a social media handle exchange Next thing you know, he's liking all your pictures. He's he's uh sending little hints, but you ain't responding to him, but he's consistent and his pictures is fire. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean, the domino effect takes place, and now you putting in PTO. <laughs> you putting in PTO to try to go and, and go out to lunch with this man because he done begged you for six months to go out to lunch. So your man think you at work, you out here at lunch with a dude that bought you a drink. Six months ago. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna domino into that, man. That's that's nasty time right there, man. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. That's a that's a no-go. If a man buy you a drink and you accept it, I'm good. I, I'm passing on you right then and there. And my ability to uh my ability to disconnect is is stellar. That's a superpower of mine. I can I can disconnect from a I can disconnect from something and sleep like a baby. <laughs> I, so you can try me if you want to, we're going to, we're going to make it happen then. Say <laughs> somebody can buy her uh, a rum and Coke and say, how about them Raiders? <laughs> no nah, facts though, man, it's, it's boundaries that you got to have, man. If you in a relationship and you still accessible by the public, you know, in that kind of fashion, then you just don't need to be in a relationship. You, you for the streets. It is what it is. She's talking about it. me and my friends, you came to the bar with the intent to buy your own drinks. So what's it going to hurt you to spend your 20, 30 dollars on drinks with you and the friends? If y'all putting in your money, y'all splitting it in half. So what's what's the deal? You want it because it's free. You willing to entertain a man because he bought you free alcohol <laughs> that you planned on buying yourself. It don't make sense. You know what I mean? But maybe like I said, maybe that's just me. I'm different. I don't know. I, I'm a nigga that ain't never had a Tinder account. I ain't never been. I ain't got nothing against people who be on, you know, dating sites, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Kyle said, I had a coworker bake me a birthday cake once, and my girl was mad as fuck. Says she had plenty to say. She even nicknamed a cake. Now I can't even ask her for cake or I get a side of all oh, facts. You fucked up for L. You fucked up forever, bro. When you sit there and you accepted that cake and brought it home. Oh, uh, yeah. If, even if you just bit into it and said, mm, oh, bro, you fucked up forever. Y'all can't go do nothing. She gonna bring up that cake. Uh, it's birthday, I guess you could call girl to make you a cake. Like, damn, man, it was it was just a cake, bro. Like, <laughs> but you can't accept it. What you was supposed to do, Cal? you was supposed to accept that cake. Get some of the cake. It might have been good, but you don't never take it to the crib, my boy. You got to keep that in the trunk of the car. Or you got to make up some type of... You know what I'm saying? Miss Miss Betty made this cake for me. You can't say that it's a co-worker, that's your same age. That's competition. You know what I'm saying? If it's Miss Betty, then it's different. You know what I'm saying? You got to make up something. You can't bring it to the crib. You a hey, bro, you are you are wild for even trying that, bro. You ain't gonna never be able to eat cake. You ain't gonna be to eat no foods that start with C <laughs> cake, chicken, <laughs> burger, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa said uh not that she dragged her friends in it girl that drink was for you facts facts man it's like you sitting there man you sitting there and and, and you you bringing your friends in to equalize it when well, my friends got drinks too he bought everybody drinks no you ex- i don't give a fuck about it. none of them friends you accepted the drink they can accept all that they want to because i ain't got nothing to do with that now you got to go, now you got to act like a parent. If your friends jump off a bridge, you going to jump off the bridge too? <laughs> you got to go that far with it now. You know what I'm saying? It don't make no sense, bro. It don't make no sense, man. Like, I I can't G with that. I can't G with that. Because what? <laughs> you said leave the cake in the break room fridge. Ah, uh, yeah. But you risking it, though, because you always got that one nasty motherfucker to be eating everybody's food and shit. So you come back and... And the slice looks a little bit different. It ain't as triangular. It's a little open now. It's like I don't want this cake no more, bro. That's over. They need to make a a cake a cake pan with a padlock on it <laughs> for break rooms. <laughs> Marcus said, "You saying it because you ain't never met Baby D from Plenty of Fish?" Not nah, facts. She rubbing your shoulder all hard. Like, hold up, fam. <laughs> hold up, fam. <laughs> my dog goo man <laughs> happy belated birthday to my dog goo man <laughs> yeah you got you got ha- hey man listen man you got you got to blame it on the old lady to be cleaning the floors man like she baked me a cake i've been saying i wanted a cake bro you bro cow you brought a cake home how'd you do that bro you you thought your girl was gonna be okay with that and di- <laughs> hey bro i never forget i never forget bro I I was in a relationship and in this relationship, she thought it would be a great gift. She was, she was following a friend. She was copying her friends. Um, She thought it would be a great gift to get me uh, a picture book, right? Like a photo album, but the photo album was all pictures of her. She went and had a photo shoot. So she snuck off and did this photo shoot without me knowing it's going to be a surprise and all this kind of stuff. And she had my football jersey. I was playing football at the time, so she had my football jersey. And this is like, you know, she wearing boy shorts and underwear, so I, you know, her ass is out, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like these is like overly sexy pictures that nobody's really good to see. But I'm looking at the name on the on the corner of the of the pictures, and I look at her and I'm like, that's a dude. Like you went somewhere and had a man take pictures of you, fam. And she's thinking this is a great gift. I'm like, bro, this is not a good gift. You just let a nigga take pictures of you in underwear, fam. Like, what are you doing? That's not a great gift. Like, you snuck and made that happen. Like, I had no idea that you was somewhere in the building in your underwear taking sexy pictures. And you thinking that this dude is being professional. That nigga got them pictures in his files still to this day. That nigga didn't delete them pictures. He got pictures of you in his computer. (laughs) And you attached to me, so how do I look? (laughs) Like, what? What kind of gift is that? Never, never had another photo shoot again. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> never had a photo shoot. <laughs> never had another photo shoot again. Fuck is you talking about? So this is not a good gift. This is for me. This, is, this ain't for me or you. <laughs> yeah, facts. How you going you gonna to make a, you going to have a photo shoot, take the pictures, put it in the album and present it to me as a gift. I still would have been weirded out if it was a woman that took the pictures, but it was a whole man on the other side of that camera that got to see my girl in her underwear taking sexy pictures. Like, fam, what? I immediately like, dog, who the fuck took these pictures? That's what I'm worried about. Like, Can I have anything sacred for me? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, man, Kyle, you can't can't accept no cake from no chick, man, because you know, that was her way of letting her know that you uh she trying to be your work wife. That girl that made you that cake, she trying to be your work wife. You can probably brush up with your, you can put this part on a nipple when you uh when y'all pass each other in the highway, you can put that part of your elbow on a nipple. <laughs> when y'all pass each other in the highway. <laughs> Mike Taylor said, I had a girl send me a video of her going down on some other dude. Like I was gonna appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what? What? You had a girl send you a video of her going down on another dude. Like, look at what I can do. You blocked. The fuck? Look at me suck dick. Blocked. Don't what? I don't even bruh. It's out of, it's, it's, it's out the factory. We know, you give head. I didn't say I wanted to see you give head. Like what? She sent you a video. Hey, bro. Yeah. She was on some other, you know, she did that because that's worked with people before. That's why she did that with you. She was comfortable sending you a video of her giving somebody else some head because that's worked before with other dudes. She's like, I can get away with that. So I'm going to just send it to him and he's going to ooh and ah, like the last dude did. You are never going to talk to me again, ever. I never like I know you, suck dick, but in my heart I feel like you are a virgin until I until I change that. Like <laughs> he said, the shit was uninspired too. Oh, and it was trash. Like are you a real one though, Mike? Because you watched it in its entirety, though. He was like, I, I am going. Since you got it here, I'm gonna see how you get down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch how you get down now. <laughs> I didn't want it, but since it's here, I'm gonna watch how you get down. You know what I'm saying? She sent you a video of her giving another dude head. As her audition tape, what? It is wild out here in the world, bro. Cal over here accepting cake from his work wife and bringing it home to his real wife. <laughs> I done had, I didn't got a gift of a photo album full of fucking risque pictures from my girlfriend uh, at the time that another dude took. Ed name still got them pictures in that goddamn laptop, probably. he got them stored on a hard drive somewhere. You better believe it. He got, I be telling girls all the time too. I'm like, y'all keep taking these risque pictures and these risque photo shoots, thinking that y'all doing something. Y'all be sexy. Got the see-through, got your underwear, nipples showing and all that. Them photographers is putting that shit straight in the beat meat photo. That's what you got to understand them is going in the meat the uh the meat beat folder <laughs> you can think they professional if you want to them is going in the meat beat folder they ain't never got to talk to you they ain't never got to ask you for no pictures they just always thought you was you was nice and now they got these pictures of you in that bubble you got oil on it they watched you put oil on your cheeks they stayed professional if you notice ladies when you went and did them risque photo shoots what did the photographer have on he had on jeans okay the reason he had on jeans is because denim can hide the woody. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> denim hides the woody. You understand what I'm saying? That's that's what you that's what you got to understand. Denim has the woody. So he's doing these photo shoots, so you can't even see him get hard. Meanwhile, it's, it's over folding up against itself like <laughs> You ever had a you ever blew up an air mattress or something heavy on it? That's that's what was happening with his shit inside them jeans. <laughs>
1: ah!
0: <laughs> Shout out to my guy Damien, man. You said he gotta be up at 4 a.m., man. I appreciate you checking in, man. You know what I'm saying? On the on the late night tip, man. Uh go ahead, get your money, man. You gotta wake up early, get to it, man. Get your bread. Shout out to my, my boy Damien, man. Uh Project Body Bag. You know what I'm saying? um goose hit goose ahead he watched two minutes and 14 seconds of the video to find out it was trash <laughs> three, and he rewinded a couple sections three times like okay she gonna get real uh, She gonna go to the base let's see if she take it to the base you know <laughs> when she take it to the base it's important like oh oh you wilding, okay <laughs> hey they take it to the base you like wait a minute they show off if they take it to the base and stick the tongue out too like oh what are you doing you want me to move today huh (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he said uh Devin shout out to Devin man Devin Devin Jackson said made a scouting report on the film oh yeah he took notes and everything Took notes and everything. She hit the bass three times in in a a two-minute span, you know? (laughs) She took three breaths, you know what I mean? (laughs) Shout out to my dog, Demond Cherry, man. Shout out, man. What up, Demond, man? Appreciate you, man. Say congrats on the special, man. I appreciate you, my dog. Hey, man, it was one of them ones, man. It was the best body of work I've done thus far, man. No cap, no cap. You are right? shout out to my guy Demond Cherry. If y'all if y'all go to a comedy show, you see Demond Cherry on the, on the on the bill, man. Pull up. He's certified. He's like that. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Come on, Mike. Man, Mike said he had to turn the volume off. Dude was way into way too into it. <laughs> no, man. No 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 man don't tell me that man don't tell me that man don't tell me that man he said he had to turn the volume off because dude was way too into it man i stopped at the gas station to buy some reese's peter butter cups ended up buying some beer moral of the story i like titties (laughs) yo Bruh, she sent you a video of her throat and another dude. Dog. You know what? You know what would have sucked though, Mike man. No pun intended. You know what would have been terrible though if she sent you that video and she was getting busy, like cu- folding, cu- up, superhead. You know what I'm saying? S- superhead versus uh, Mr. Marcus. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I don't want. I- I'm intimidated now. Like, why would you? <laughs> why would you send this to me? <laughs> Let me find out like in real time. Don't don't give me the forewarning that you like this. She sent you a video of her giving mid. <laughs> she didn't touch the bass not once. Then you feel gay because it's like, hold on, wait a minute. I am. I'm literally watching. <laughs> I'm literally watching. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Demond said he came in late. So, so um, uh, what I was talking about, man, uh, Demond was this girl. She got on social media and she said that her boyfriend got mad at her because when she goes out with her friends, she still accepts drinks from men. Like she lets men buy her drinks. She don't let it go nowhere. But she's like, as long as he's buying drinks for her friends, she's going to accept them. And she's trying to like make it make sense to where she's saying that it's okay for her to accept drinks from other men. Right. So I was saying like, you know, for me, that's not going to fly. Like I can't. I can't see that being okay because that's just a transition into other things. You thinking that you just agree to take this man's drink. You're going to take this man's drink, ignore him and not talk to him for the rest of the night. What if he catch an attitude and punch you in the back of your ponytail? Then what now as your, as your man, I have to be involved because he touched you when you really should have never accepted the man's drink in the first place. So what if he touched you? He punch you in the back of your head. I come down to the club. I punch him. He has a seizure and pass away. Now I'm in jail because you decided to accept somebody's drink. You know what I'm saying? You see how far it can domino into something all because you want some drinks that you planned to buy on your own. But because a dude walked up to you, you accepted those drinks. Accepting a drink from another man that ain't your man is disrespectful to your man. That's just the way I see it. So in the midst of that conversation, Kyle said that he had a, I'm going to bring it back up on the screen. said. That he had a coworker bake him a birthday cake and he said his girl was mad as fuck, said she had plenty to say and she even nicknamed the girl's cake. Now he can't even ask her for cake or nothing because he's going to get a side eye. I said, bro, you fucked up. You should have never brought that cake home because she was basically putting in the application to be a work wife and you brought the application home for your real wife to see. And that there is a lifelong problem that you're going to have to deal with. It's going to be a long time for you, actually. Like, she probably don't even want to, she'd be willing to make cake, but she just always thinks of that situation. So she probably doesn't convince you to try to get another job, a different job and all that. Like, you know what I mean? So we segue from that to uh, Mike Taylor said, <laughs> Mike Taylor said, uh, we had transitioned from like, you know, just weird, weird auditions. You know what I'm saying? And uh Mike Taylor said that he had a girl send her a vid send him a video of her going down on another dude like as like showing what she's about you know like she like he was supposed to like it you know what i'm saying and she said she was uninspired in the video so <laughs> that's a nasty time is what i'm saying it's wild out here in this world one thing i could appreciate one thing I can appreciate about being in a long-term relationship is I missed out on all of that weird, wild shit. I never experienced none of that. I know discussions with people, man. <laughs> I know I done had discussions with people, man. They be giving their experiences, man. Yeah, man, I had a threesome, man, and this one chick, man, she did this and blah, 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 and the girl started fighting, and one girl did this, and, man, we had to go to court, and da, da, da. And, I'm, nigga, I can't relate. Never, never been there. Never been there. And I didn't realize that until, you know, I'm sitting here out here in, in, in the real world and I'm realizing that, oh shit, I I was sheltered. I was actually protected from all of this. Like, so to see all of this type of stuff take place is real. That's why I don't know nothing about Tinder and plenty of fish and none of that. I don't know nothing about them dating sites, fam. I couldn't, I wouldn't dare get on none of them joints. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm good. <laughs> Ricky Devine said a new word <laughs> He said a new word for trash. That shit cake. You <laughs> sitting there watching the game like, nah, man. He ain't even good. That nigga cake. <laughs> Nikem Joyce, what up, though? <clears throat> yeah, so that, that was wild. That was that was super wild, man. Um, and other news, Let's man. Let's get to it. Uh We've kind of seen things happen, right? Uh, we've kind of seen things happen out here in the social media world, but people it be going over people's heads. DeMond said, oh, yeah, he should have left that cake in the break room. And I actually met my wife on Plenty of Fish. Facts. God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. You, I'm not laughing at the fact that you met your wife on plenty of fish. I'm laughing because probably ten strokes in, you like dog. I love her. Like, <laughs> yo, like, bro, you was ten strokes in, like, dog, she's the one. What? <laughs> I am one of the success stories. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Yo, that is hilarious, bro. That is hilarious, dog. Oh, man. (laughs) Nakeem said, fuck what you talking about. You going to talk about Shannon Sharp or what? (laughs) (laughs) Don't get to it, man. I didn't want to make the show. I didn't want to start the show off with that because it's so... It's so fruitful of a topic, it's going to consume the rest of the show. So I didn't want to start out with that. I'm about to get into that in a few minutes. I'm about to get, I'm about to get into that in a few minutes, man. My boy, my boy, Demond said, one date and three strokes. Uh, he knew she was the one. bruh already had the ring. He had a, he, he, he already had the ring. That means, so you know what that tells me though, Demond? You know what that tells me, Cherry, man? Cherry, that tells me, man. That you went raw. You went raw that first date. Because you, you can't find love like that through a condom. Is what I'm telling you. <laughs> you can't find love like that. You know what I'm saying? Through a condom, man. You know what I'm saying? Them first three strokes, you was like, hold up. Why is my back tingling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was meaning something to you right there. I ain't mad at you, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm telling you, man. That's hilarious. That is hilarious fucking hilarious man salute to you and your wife man salute to you and wifey i, I ain't mad at that so what i was going to say what i was going to say is uh um you know we see a lot of stuff on social media representations you know it's a gender war going on men versus women you know what a man should do what a woman should do it's always that case of that like you just scroll through instagram and it's always like if a man walks into a house and it's women around or uh, my granny always told me that. Uh, a woman, is it's always like a gender war type thing going on. So what I saw was I had saw a video medley, like a video compilation put together of LeBron James's wife, Savannah James, of how she interacts and takes pictures with certain fans. Right. So the, the video, the video is her taking pictures with men and taking pictures with women and her interactions are different with them. In the sense that anytime a man is trying to take a picture with her, she don't do it. Anytime the women come up trying to get pictures, she poses, they take several pictures, she's ready, she give them a hug and go. But when a man come up and try to take a picture, she don't let no man get in, take a picture with her. And I'm like, "Bro, that is honorable as fuck." That is nah, listen, bro. You got to you got to you got to high key put Savannah James, dog, top three, top three wives out here, cuz you got to put a top three wives out here, cuz she doing it right. They PR team is the best. She doing it right. No matter what's going on on the inside, we'll never know because they'll never let us know. They that airtight. Every time you see Savannah James, dog, she don't talk. I don't even know what she sound like, bro. She don't talk. She's at the games. She's at her son's games, bro. What? She ain't making it about her. She ain't <laughs> she ain't at her with her own lip gloss line. out. You know what I mean? Like, bruh. When she takes pictures, she don't take pictures with other men. She'll take pictures with all women fans, but she's not taking pictures with other men. That is highly respectable. That is a highly respectable way to respect your husband. Like, it ain't a man that can sit there and say, Yeah, I got a picture with Woomty Whoop and da-da-da-da. Bruh, that's fire. I got to – hey, listen, man. Hold up, man. Where a round of applause at, man? What a round of applause at, man? <laughs> round of applause, man. Round of applause for Savannah James, dog. <laughs> round of applause for Savannah James, man. Damon said LeBron and Savannah met on plenty of fish. <laughs> you scored with that one. You scored with that one, man savannah james is cold savannah james is cold in multiple in multiple ways it's just the mystique of who she is is it makes her cold because you just don't know like all these other people's wives it's like not even the president even like joe biden not joe biden but donald trump like even him you just you seen you can just google his wife naked on the internet like you can just see that you can't do that with savannah james Savannah James is cold, bro. Savannah James be snapping, bro. Like that's 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 fire, man. Shout out to LeBron and Savannah, man. You know what I'm saying? Mike Jordan could never. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yo. Um, I'm gonna get into one more topic uh before before we get into this uh Cat Williams subject. Um <laughs> I'm going to get into one more topic before we get into this cat Williams subject, man. Um, let me find it. Uh Okay. So, first of all, let me give a round of applause real quick, man. Round of applause. Man. Round of applause, man. Um Round of applause to the head coach of FAMU. Um Head coach at FAMU, Willie Simmons, is leaving the HBCU to become a running back coach at Duke University. Duke offered Simmons a 100K salary increase. FAMU called his alumni to raise 100K to match the offer, but Simmons turned it down. So now people was kind of judging Willie Simmons uh, for leaving the HBCU to go be a running back coach at Duke. And I sit there and I got to applaud, bro, because first of all, HBCUs don't have funding. So you've put in your work to make the HBCU FAMU what it is. You know, you've put in your time and you wanted a raise, but they couldn't afford to give you a raise. They started to come up with the money once you found somebody willing, willing to offer you more money for a, lo- for a position with less less responsibility, right? A running back coach, you don't have the responsibility that a head coach does. So you're to go to a better university in Duke compared to FAMU. Duke is a way more esteemed university to where you could potentially become head coach because you're part of the staff, right? And you get a $100,000 increase, my boy. So you mean to tell me I can get a $100,000 and cut my responsibility to a third of what it was? I'm out of here, bro. Out of here. See, y'all, I did my job. Go fam, you rattlers. I'm out of here. I'm a Duke Blue Devil now. What would you do? What would you do? I know I'm out of there. If I'm sitting there and I've been the head coach for however long and I've been wanting a raise and y'all can't give me a raise, so Duke offers me $100,000 more than what I'm making per year, $100,000 more per year to be a running back coach? I go from a head coach to a position coach. You know how much responsibility that a head coach has? Everything got to flow through you. When you're a running back coach, you just report to the head coach. Handle your business, report to the head coach. For $100,000 more dollars, less responsibility, I'm out of there. I love, I love, love. They always try to guilt trip you with the HBCU. When well, you leaving the black university and the kids need bro? y'all got y'all time at $30,000. For that, I might as well work at Toyota. <laughs> I might as well work at Toyota. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Korea Michelle. What up, though? What up, though? That's it's my thing. Like, bro. If you, I'm, I'm gonna have a third of the responsibility that I used to have for a hundred thousand more dollars. I can put in work here, show that I'm, I'm, my resume already speaks as a head coach. My resume already speaks as a head coach. So if I can do that, if I can do that, and end up going to another university that is an esteemed university that has a reputation for being a powerhouse in sports, whether it's football or basketball, Duke is Duke. So if the coach leaves and somehow you become an interim coach and you go on a 10-game win streak, bro, you're going to come into millions. Why wouldn't I leave? Bro, come on, man. They said, uh, what, what did Deion Sanders say? He said, they either, uh, what they say? Uh, they either uh, elevate you or erase you or something like that. It's like you either going to elevate or they're going to get rid of you, basically. So what you going to do? You're going to stay there until they get rid of you, or you going to elevate and leave on good terms. I'm out of there. Out of there. <laughs> out of there. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. We're going we gonna to turn this up, man. We're going to get into it, man. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get into it real quick, man. So, yeah. What we got coming up, man. You already know. If you ain't seen the interview by now, Cat Williams on the Club Shay Shay podcast. Cat Williams got on there, man. He pulled out the chopper and he aimed that hoe at everybody. He aimed that hoe at everybody. So check it. As a comedian, now I got to talk. Everybody done saw the interview. I think the thing was almost three hours. Highly entertaining. The thing that's shocking all for everybody that's watching is they never knew that the comedy game was like this. Me being 12 years in, I'm literally what? I'm probably about five or six days from my 13th year in comedy, right? So I've been experiencing this for a long time, right? I've been experiencing, and I don't want to make it personal to me because I'm going to get into that too. Like, basically, I've been experiencing. Um, a lot of cattiness and, and gatekeeping in the comedy game for a long, long time. Like, what Cat Williams did, I think it was necessary. I mean, the way he went about it, the, the way he went about it might not have been, you know, the best. I don't know. But at the same time, when you got money and you self-sustaining, you can say what you want and do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can do what you want to do. So he took shots at Ricky Smiley. Cedric the Entertainer, Faison Love, uh, Chris Tucker, uh, who, he take, who else he takes shots at? Uh, um, Steve Harvey. He talked bad about everybody. And the thing is, when you talk about gatekeeping and you talk about clicks in comedy, that's a real thing. If you don't know what gatekeeping is, gatekeeping is like somebody having somebody having access to to clubs or stages or shows and Instead of being open and letting people that's in the fraternity of comedy get in, instead they keep it all for them and their crew and don't let nobody inside. That's gatekeeping because you're afraid that somebody's gonna come in and take something away from you. This exists even on my level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's people to gatekeep, it's it's clubs around here that I ain't never touched. You know what I'm saying? And I know people that are in direct contact with the people that do the booking, but they won't put you on just because they might be afraid that they might lose a spot. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never afraid of losing a spot. Even if you took the spot, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's the game. It's like, if you performed at a place, how many times are you going to perform at the same place? Sometimes some people ain't got nothing but that place, so they're and try to keep other people from, like they try to keep other people from doing what they do. Um, Mino Slick said, that's uh that's in everything. Yeah, that's facts. That's the and the, and the engineers do it. Rappers do it. DJs do it. I'm, I'm sure it's gatekeeping and painting. You're not gonna get the acrylic five, like you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> they doing everything in their power to try to keep things up their way. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so with the with the Cat Williams interview, um, what you witnessed was somebody who don't need the system. That's somebody that don't need the system, bro. What you do, you do it good enough to where you have your own following independently. Where you don't need a system to abide by. See, a lot of these people in the game, you come across opportunities that you may never come across again, but it's at a price. Some people's willing to pay the price. Some people's not. I don't know how that works. That's the one fear that I have in in excelling in comedy, that knowing that it's devils out there, it's devils out there that exist that I haven't experienced yet, right? It's like I've seen popular comedians that be on TV come out of the bathroom wiping their nose. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I n- I never would have thought. But that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? The, the The funny part about it all, the funny part about it all is Cat Williams is speaking out. He can speak out that way because he's put in the work. His body of work speaks for itself. But what ends up happening is, is all the comedians see it. All the comedian community sees it. And now everybody got to somehow interject themselves into this and make it about them. This is what I'm noticing. My whole, my whole, my whole, you know, my Instagram, all the comedians is going live. Everybody's having discussions. You have a full comedians talk at one time and everybody keeps talking about either they experience with one of the comedians that's in discussion. Niggas is posting pictures of them and Cat Williams with quotes next to it and this, that and the third. And it's like, why are you making this about you? This ain't about you. This is him getting out whatever it is that he's been holding in this whole time. Why are you making it about you? Yeah, because I ain't never like Ricky Smiley in Tuscaloosa. I did a show with Ricky Smiley and uh, we did two shows and I killed him. And I guess I did so good he didn't want me on the third show. So what? What does that have to do with you today? That has nothing to do with nothing. You've seen Cat Williams talking and you thought this was an open door for you to say something about yourself. Nobody cares, bro. Work harder. You act like Ricky Smalley is the only comedian doing shows that give you an opportunity to get in front of a sold out audience. Build your own sold out audience. If it's that deep, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? I commend Cat Williams because what he just did, he just basically exiled himself from having relationships with any of those comedians that he mentioned. Um, The wild part about it is he don't need them because it's a different tax bracket. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a different ta- it's a different tax bracket. When you playing with money like that, y'all are st- st- in different markets all over the country and world for real all through the year. So it's gonna be rare that y'all even run into each other because it's fifty two weeks in a year. Forty weeks out of the fifty two weeks, you on the road. You getting money. You ain't worried about nothing they talking about, and they ain't worried about nothing you talking about because y'all both rich. It's not really a discussion. But one thing that's happening is, is somebody with that much power. To speak, he got everybody out here coming out with uh, rebuttal responses. Tiffany Haddish, Ricky Smalley got on a radio show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ricky Smalley got on his radio show. You know what I'm saying? Um, Michael Blackson, he been tweeting all day. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, it, It's like you look at it, everybody's out here trying to respond in a way that debunks what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Said that uh Shannon Sharp had <laughs> said he had uh five million views in 24 hours. Look, it was good. It was good content. It was like it was it was fruitful content, bro. And and comedians did understand. Like the mind knows it's times It's it's been times, man. I remember and this ain't got nothing to do with Cat Williams, but it's just in a sense of gatekeeping. I remember I was supposed to do a show at a club in Cincinnati, right? I won't even say the name of the club. I was supposed to do a show at a club in Cincinnati. And um, I'd never been to that club. So the person that was doing the booking, he's a comedian too, but I've never met him before. That was going to be my first time meeting him. He hit me up. I ain't know nothing about it, you know? So what I did at the time, that was when you used to put the flyer as your Facebook profile picture, you know? So that was my next upcoming show. So this was like a Monday. So the show was on a Friday. So that Monday, I posted the flyer so it could be what people see all week. So the dude that's throwing the, that booked me, he tells me to take the, uh, he hits me up and tells me to take the picture off, uh, take the picture off the flyer. I mean, take the picture off my profile picture um, because he don't want people to get confused. And I said, what you mean? I live in Lexington. This is in Cincinnati. What do you mean get confused? Like that's not even, I'm not even in that market. Like people, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, but uh, I don't want you to have the picture up right now. And I'm like, you can't tell me when to post the the flyer. Like you angry. Tell me when, when I can put it on my profile picture and when I can't just because you booked me to the club, I ain't got nothing to do with nothing. That's a, that's a personal thing that you are trying to make it. And then he said, why well, right, uh you off the show? there? do not about it. And I didn't do the show. And it's like, That personal part that you had going on, whatever it is, you might have had a bad day, whatever it is, your personal own preference ruined a relationship between me and you that never got built. And just think about that on a grand scale, though. You're doing a show that you're getting paid, you know what I mean? You're getting paid $40,000, $50,000. And somebody's trying to mess with your money to where you end up getting $25,000, $30,000. You're going to have a real issue. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have a real, real issue. You get into these celebrity, you get into these celebrity parties and you start realizing what happens in this world and what it takes to get in this world. Bruh, I don't want no parts. I'll tell you now. I don't want no parts. They talking about what happens at a Diddy party and all this kind of shit. I don't want no parts, my boy. I don't want no parts. People's like, man, you need to protect Cat, man, because you know what's going to happen. Something's going to happen, man, and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, I mean... I don't I don't see that taking place, but it's like, think about how you live when your whole goal at first was just to be a successful artist, a successful comedian, a successful whatever it is that you are. And now you turn it into somebody who has to hide what it is that they do behind closed doors. That's wild. That's a wild play. So him getting on the Shannon Sharp show, the uh, club Shay Shay, saying what he's saying, how he's saying it. With such truth and conviction, because you know when somebody's making up something. People's trying to pick apart the little details. I don't know why I expect a human to be perfect in an hour, in a three-hour discussion. You expect him to be perfect with everything he's saying. Oh, he said he read 3,000 books and he runs a four-three. That's what you took out of that? That's what you took out of what he just said. Everything he just said, you talking about, uh, I don't believe he run a four-three. So what about all the real shit he said, though? Who cares about what speed he runs? He's talking. It's a discussion. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, I'm sitting here reading people's comments, and some people's like, well, he's being messy, and this, that, and the third, and da-da-da-da-da. Sometimes people get fed up. If you notice, Cat Williams don't never really be on, on, on social media like that. Like, he don't really be on, he's not on social media like all the other people that we know. You know what I'm saying? So with all of these people having these discussions about Cat Williams, Cat Williams most of the time been mute for years. He's been mute. So this particular time he speaks up and he speaks up flagrantly. So now he done turned the whole internet upside down. I bet you if you look at his name, if you Google his name, his name's probably trending probably 500 million times, you know? And that's what's wild because now he's starting to expose truths that nobody ever knew about. Now, all of a sudden, they starting to find Cedric the Entertainer jokes that somebody else told way before that show. Hmm. Now, it ain't none of my business. I don't know how it transpired. I don't know who did it first, but I did see what I saw. The bombinicious joke. You know what I'm saying? The bombinicious joke. I, I saw that. That came from a TV show. That came out way before the Kings of Comedy. That bombasticious joke, and he just took it and made it into something else. I don't know, I don't know. It is what it is. Tiffany said, uh, "You know, I've been around so many of these comedians since I was younger, and still to this day, they go through a lot and be very fed up at some point." I love Cat; he's one of my favorite hair clients. Yeah, like you know, you know, um, the thing about the thing about it's comedians out there that steal jokes. Carlos Mencia, I think it was Carlos Mencia or something like that. He was notorious for it because if you ain't got a big name and you in the club and they watching you and your shit hitting, they think like, oh, I could take that joke, add this to it, man, and do this show and do my special. And everybody's going to think it's my joke because they don't know him. You know what I'm saying? That's something that exists in comedy. That's something that exists. And being that you ain't got no name, if you say somebody stole my joke, nobody cares. Just go write another one. Nobody cares. Even Dave Chappelle was talking about that in one of his specials how somebody took his joke and then pay him for it. You know what I'm saying? OG Tim Northern in the building. You know what I'm saying? OG comedian. OG, OG, OG comedian. He know what he talking about, man. Said he's saying it's truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. You know what I mean? Said truth mixed with a little razzle-dazzle. It's entertainment, not facts. Coach Truck said it had 2.7 million views in one day. Facts. That's worth all the money spent to make that interview happen. Worth all the bread. So I'm going to start playing some excerpts from this, right? And I want to show y'all how much he rocked this shit, right? Like, one thing thing I want you to know, right? Let's just say somebody stole my jokes. And I saw my joke on a special. It's literally nothing I could do about it. I'm gonna complain to a bunch of people who could give a fuck. What am I gonna tell you for? He stole my joke. I just gotta write another joke. It's part of the game. It's really literally nothing you can do but complain. You know what I'm saying? It's really nothing you can do but complain about it. So, hold on. Let me find where I'm at. Listen, <laughs> Cat Williams got everybody so upset. He even got Trick Daddy getting at him. I'm like, what did Trick Daddy? What did what did what did this come about, man? Listen to this shit. Listen.
1: To- <laughs> and uh, oh, man, One of your stands up used you the sarcastic saying that if Trick Daddy can own a restaurant, you can do anything. Look, uh, well, nigga, you bulldogging looking fuck, nigga. I'm not no comedian. I'm a street nigga first. Okay, keep my name out your mouth. Yes, nigga. Keep Ricky Smiley name out your mouth. Keep all OGs name out your mouth. If you don't like a person, if you don't like a person, you don't say it. I've told people I, that I didn't think you was funny. I ain't never said I didn't like you. And I'm glad I didn't never say I didn't like you because me by me not thinking you were funny, I actually saw you one day and I was laughing my ass off. I was crying laughing one day. Remember that little boy put you in the like I was crying, fucking laughing that day, nigga. I mean, one of your. Listen, man. <laughs> this
0: nigga, you know, Trick Daddy was mad because that nigga ain't even have a seatbelt on. That nigga was talking boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that nigga was driving. That nigga was driving while doing that. That nigga took his eyes off the road. That nigga risked his life to get his point across to Cat Williams. <laughs> Cat Williams getting out here super upset, bro. Super duper upset, bro. That, that is so wild to me, man. Listen to this, man. And
2: a rich man that ever lived. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean, please don't look at my net worth. I saw my net worth. I, I had that on me. <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I swear to God. What I'm saying is, like, <laughs> I'm like, saying my net worth is less than my last Netflix deal. <laughs> you understand what I'm telling think it you? It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fine. Jesus was poor. Jesus had nothing. So why don't we be mad you say I don't have nothing? They
1: had the amenities they have back then, okay. Say it again. We got different amenities now.
2: No, not more than gold gold (laughs) they said
0: they googled his net worth he said i looked at it i had that in my pocket oh my god this nigga snapped those niggas man this nigga that nigga snapped those niggas man what's what's so crazy about what's so crazy about it dog is he's speaking truths right and malicious as they may be you know they they must be the you know whatever truth is it's like you talking about movie roles you're talking about money money mike And all this kind of stuff. And it's like a lot of people has, you know, took shots because he went at Kevin Hart. He went at everybody like and everybody's responding. Tiffany Haddish responded. Kevin Hart responded. Ricky Smiley responded. Trick Daddy responded out of nowhere. Faison Love responded. Michael Blackson responded. And the thing is, is he's untouchable by gatekeepers because they can't keep him because he ain't nowhere near the gate. He ain't got to be nowhere near the gate. He's doing arenas on his own. One thing I can commend Cat Williams about is how he takes women on the road with him every time he go on a tour. majority of his, his people that open is women. He always puts women in a position to win because women don't never really get on these tours like that, especially women that't that are funny but don't have a name like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, that's what's gangster about Cat Williams. A, a lot of things that I saw. People were speaking in defense of Cat Williams, and this is just comedians. And they're like, yeah, man, uh, I was at Blah 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 Club, and um, I was performing, opening for Cat Williams. I was doing, uh, I did a five-minute set. Like, I did a five-minute set, and I got off the stage, and he was backstage and told me how good of a job I did, and he said he just handed me a wad of money, he said, I counted it, and it was $750, and he went, went out there and did his show, and that was that, right? And I'm like, that's things that you don't really hear about, you know what I'm saying? That's things that you don't really hear about. People, people was telling these stories like, man, he done paid them, you know what I mean? They do, they do a, a show, and one dude said he did a show, and he was bummed out because Cat Williams wasn't there yet, so he thought that Cat Williams didn't get to see his set. So he was kind of bummed out, like, dang, man, I wanted him to see me get busy because he tore it up. He said when he got backstage, Cat Williams was right there talking about he did a wonderful job. Gave him a five, a lot of money. He said it was like $2,000. But this is the stories that they don't tell you, though. You know what I'm saying? Because that don't happen in the... All the comedians that's right here in this chat right now will tell you that that don't happen. You open up for a headliner, a lot of these niggas be acting like snobs, bro. A lot of them. It's a lot of cool ones, too. Don't get it twisted. But a lot of them be acting like snobs, bro. I keep my conversation to a minimum. <laughs> I ain't trying to be one of them people, oh, man. So, yeah, take me on the road with you, man. And yeah, do that. Not never. Not never. Not never. Appreciate the opportunity to rock with you, my boy. That's it. That's it. That's it. I fuck with Gary Owen heavy. I fuck with Gary Owen heavy. You know why? Because he's the first comedian that got me on stage on a premiere show at my home club. I fucks with Gary Owen heavy. I don't even know if he knows that to this day. Like, I don't even know. Gary Owen, his opener had a family emergency and had to leave. And the club called me and asked me if I could do the show. And I did like four, five shows and ripped them bitches in front of my city. Sold out shows. This is is early in the game. This is my first opportunity to do sold out shows. I'm still doing open mics. So I'm doing sold out shows, 25 minute sets in front of my city. Turn this bitch up. It was, it was, it was like, yo, you gave, and ever since then, ever since that day, I've been booked at that club ever since. Cause that was the one opportunity for me to show what I had. Right. So it's like, I, I thank Gary Owen all the time for that opportunity because the relationships I've built since then, the money I've made since then, and just the opportunity to perform. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Tiffany Voucher. You know what I'm saying? Tiffany I put I put it down. You know what I'm saying? Another person. Tiffany's Peoples, Adele. Adele, Adele, Adele gave me the first opportunity to do a show on the road. Um, and I still the stuff that I learned on those opportunities, I still use today. Like Adele took me to Oakland. I performed at Tommy T's in Oakland. I had just performed at the Lyric Theater at the Life's Journey Fest show, did my set, ripped it, sold out. I ripped it. So I'm like, I'm going to do the same exact set that I did at the Lyric in Oakland. But I'm a rookie in the game. I'm not knowing about reading the room, you know, where you at, talk about your surroundings, da-da-da-da-da. I'm still doing these jokes that worked in Lexington. So my very first show, that I did at Tommy T's in Oakland, I didn't do well. I got a little laughs, but it wasn't like, I I didn't do nothing. I was supposed to do a 15 minute set. I probably did eight minutes because it was just not going well. And I I got off stage, but it was another show. You know, it was a two show night. So it's like, after that I was like, oh, let me write. So I'm just sitting there in the room. I'm sitting there in the green room preparing For the next show, I'm like, I need to do this joke, that joke. So now I'm kind of getting technical. So I go back out there and I do my thing and it worked and it went well. And I was like, okay, cool. And I learned the lesson, like, oh, you gotta read the room where you at. You gotta find this out where you at. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, uh, I can't remember the dude that was hosting at night. He's a he's a radio personality in Oakland. But he told me, he told me, he's like, man, when you get on stage, the first thing you need to do is take that mic stand and sit it behind you. It shows, that shows command, like you are ready to take on what's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? That shows that you know what you're doing. That shows professionalism. And I'm like, word. Bro, that was 2012. I've been doing it ever since then. That was 2012. I started telling jokes in 2011. You see what I'm saying? That was 2012. I take that mic. That's the first thing I do. Get that mic off of there, take that mic stand, sit it behind me. And then I walk towards the audience. I'm commanding the crowd. You know? These opportunities that I got from Adele, Gary Owen, and them, bro, that's what shaped me into, you know what I mean, who I am today. You know what I mean? So it's like those stories don't get told. Like you'll see Adele, you'll see Gary Owen, and you just don't know the lives that they changed just by their gestures. Like they didn't have to do that at all. But that's what ended up happening. You know what I'm saying? Carlos Miller, man. Carlos still don't know to this day. Carlos my dog. We talk all the time. Carlos still don't know to this day that bro saved my ass. He has no clue of this. He saved my ass, bro. No, I don't think I've ever told nobody this story. I'm sitting there and uh, my divorce is happening. And uh, I'm basically, it's a two house, it's a two person income with the house, but now it's all on me. So now I'm adjusting to paying this extra money <clears throat> and I'm trying to figure it out. So uh, you know, I'm a couple months in, and all of a sudden I don't have enough for the mortgage. And I'm just like, yo, I'm not going to make enough working where I'm working because I'm just now getting back into the workforce off of being a full-time comedian. So I don't have enough money for the mortgage. And I'm like, I gotta figure out where to get this money. Next thing you know, Carlos hit me up. Yo, I'm gonna be in Cleveland. You try to rock in Cleveland? Hell yeah, I'm trying to rock in Cleveland. Okay, bet. Uh, This is the date. This is the time. We doing this many shows. Woop 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 Bet. I go to Cleveland. We tear that hole down for the whole weekend. We do shows the whole weekend. I drive to Cleveland. I, I didn't even fly. I drove straight to Cleveland. Was it like seven miles or something? I drove there, bro. Got that money. I deposited at the bank in Cleveland because it was gone before I even got to the crib. Because I had to pay my bills. I didn't even know how I was going to pay the bills, but Brooke came through for me. Like, I was trying to not seem super thankful for it, but I'm like, bro, you saved my ass because I did not know how I was going to pay the rest of this mortgage, bro. But this is the stories that motherfuckers don't tell you. It's like, this is how things be working, bro. You know? So I, I wrap all of that around to say, like, Cat Williams is discussing truths in the midst of doing so many great things for people to get unheard of. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's shocked. Everybody's shocked that he ripped it like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody's shocked that he ripped everybody up like that. But it's like who who's to say that he's lying? Who who's to say that? He spoke with such poise, and you know it's it's like you know it ain't it ain't really for me to to fact check and and trust that that's real or not. It's like I don't I don't care like. He said Cedric, the entertainer, stole his joke. And then they put both of their sets side by side and Cedric was doing the same fucking joke. I don't. What do, what do we say to that? I don't know. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know? And then Scruncho tells a story about Scruncho the comedian, the one that was uh, a lot of people don't know who Scruncho is. Like, but Scruncho's called. Uh Scruncho's a, a Cali dude. Uh he's the one in How High with uh Mike Epps with uh uh You all you always say that now not a powder. Like that's that's Scruncho. So Scruncho is really a gangster, nigga, for real. Cat Williams he said Cat Williams called him at a show. He called him saying he was going to a show that Cedric was at, talking about he's going you know what I mean, get with him for stealing his jokes. And Scruncho's trying to talk him out of it, and uh Ended up saying like, "Yo, he's up on stage telling one of your jokes right now." Type shit, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, this is this is things that we never knew. This is stuff going on that we never knew. We've always heard these stories. He's telling a story about how Steve Harvey didn't want um um Bernie Mac, like he was trying to uh hate on Bernie Mac. Um, he was telling the story about how he was supposed to be one of the kings of comedy. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, this is stuff that we never knew. It was it was hella it was hella interesting. It was hella fruitful. It was hella juicy. He talked about he talked about ludicrous. Now, I mean the ludicrous story sounded crazy to me. You know what I mean? I I I give you that. That the ludicrous story sounded crazy to me, but it ain't for me to believe. But what made me start believing that though, <laughs> what made me start believing it was the fact that Ludacris came out with a diss song the next day. <laughs> I said, oh no, you did that shit. You did that shit. Listen to this shit, man heart is always on my mind like snoop's cannabis shredder i'm always on my grind they throw shade because niggas could never take my shine i bring my watch collection on my jet let me take my time like fine wine i'm aging like benjamin top five i'm worth mentioning bring me rappers i'm lynching them see the pendulum swing jesus with diamond thorns ludicrous swaddled in gucci linens when i was born never been illuminati only a ludonati and I only left with bitches when coming from any party. Now I'm married with kids. The evolution of life. Never been a cloud chaser. Never say shit for likes. RIP John Singleton. You never have to flex when you earn every one of your Fast and Furious checks. Afro with the sideburns. Yeah, that's my signature. Addictions on the rise. Comedians, check your temperature. You did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Yo, listen. You went to the st- you you watched the interview at the crib and drove straight to the studio. You did a whole ass diss track, my boy. You did <laughs> Yo, bro. Yo. When he said all the the Hollywood packages, everybody get a, a funny face, light skin wife, and then they put all the pictures up of everybody with funny face, light skin wives. I said, "Yo, come on, man! Everybody's faces was funny built. Like, come on, man! <laughs> Ludacris had a whole diss track, dog. My boy, millionaire Hoy, in the building. What up, though? Uh, Casey." yankowski said when am i coming to okc hey man that's the thing if i could get in contact with a club you know what i'm saying if i can get in contact with a club manager then this is where we get into the talk of gatekeeping right so it's like if i could get in contact with a club manager in in uh, okc because i know it's a bunch of clubs in, in in oklahoma city and if i can get like let's just say i don't know i don't know these people in these clubs i've never been to oklahoma city right?" So I'm going to need to know somebody that knows a person that does the booking okay OKC for them to co-sign me in order to get me in that room because they don't know me. They ain't never saw me. But once they get wind of me and I can send them my kit, my press kit, show them my work, show them what I'm doing, show them what I'm capable of, show them what show my resume. Then it starts to speak its own volumes. Right. So that's what got to take place in order to get me in markets like that because they don't know that I exist and I don't know that they exist. You know what I mean? It's just one of them type of things. I can't just email them like, yo, I'm from Kentucky and I'm funny. I need somebody there to co-sign me in order to get me in that room, man. That's how it works. And that, and when it comes into the gatekeeping, a lot of those guys don't want to do that because they they fear that it'll take something away from them. Not knowing it's like, bro, I met you. I'm going to bring you to Kentucky. Like that's duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it's supposed to work," <laughs> millionaire said. When Luda said "aludinati," he dropped out of my top one hundred MCs list. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I sit there to myself and I said, "Bro, he did that shit, aludinati, bro. You did that shit, bro. Whatever he said, you did it. I, I really didn't pay. It. I didn't really didn't care for what he was talking about. What he was talking about, uh, uh, Luda. But it's like, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, alludinati. all of the lyrics that you've created in your career, alludinati. this is not 06. That is not going to fly, guy. <laughs> this is not 06. <laughs> yeah, Tiff, shoot it to me, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the press kit on deck, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait till the special get done, man. We still editing the special. When the special get done, that's, that's going to be the premiere work. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna be the premier work, Illudinati. <laughs> Coach Truck said it's gonna fuel the internet for a while. Not nah, facts. It's really gonna fuel the internet for a while, and 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 the thing is, man, the power of the power of the tongue can change things. Cat Williams just could have had a regular interview, answered just the questions that Shannon Sharp asked, and that would have been what it was. Cat Williams made that interview one of the top interviews of the year. And I don't think it's going to be topped like early in the year. It's going to be the one. I don't think it's going to be topped because if anybody else do something like that, they ain't doing nothing but duplicate. They ain't doing them but copy enough of what he done already did. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I think in the comedy world, if we, if we focus more on community than, being apart from each other and gatekeeping and being clicked up, then, I'm, man, it's no limit to where we can go with that. Because one thing that that happens with, you know, comedians that rock with you and fuck with you is they'll watch you, right? Like, for instance, shout out to Black Ron, man. Black Ron is uh, he's a writer for Wildin' Out and uh, super hilarious comedian out of Texas, man. Um, I was doing a show with Black Ron, and Black Ron saw me perform and he helped me punch up one of my jokes and it's not a disrespectful thing it's like yo i that one joke you did man it gave me an idea like what if you said this like this and then you put this on the thing and i'm like oh that's hard and i went and did it the next show and it killed and that's how it works that's how community works it's like let's build each other up to be the best whatever you know what i'm saying that's how that works i remember i remember when I went to All Deaf Digital in Los Angeles, right, I do the All Deaf Digital Roast Me. And in my head, I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking the only person I know walking in is Kev on stage and Keon Polly. Um, Them is the only two people that uh, I knew walking into All Deaf Digital. I didn't know anybody else. So everybody I'm meeting for the first time. So me watching roast me, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go in here. We're going to roast. Everybody's boosting each other up to make each other grow because we're going to be in front of millions of people. But the thing that was happening was I had to realize in real time that the roast, the style of roasting that they doing is not a style that I do. Like I don't try to, when I, when we roasting back and forth, I don't try to, I don't try to dismiss what you just said and make it seem less funny. I'm going to just take it or laugh and then keep it moving. It's like, I'm telling jokes and they're like, nah, that ain't, nah, ain't not. Like it's, it's you minimizing people. And I'm like, why are y'all doing that? Why are y'all doing that? Like minimizing each other when we all can grow from this. Like literally we can have fans develop from us doing what we do. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when I originally did my roast me, I told six jokes because I watched the tape back a bunch of times. In the midst of me while I was doing it, I felt like I wasn't doing well. And it started to make me hesitant to say something because I'm like, well, anything I say, they're going to hate on it. You know, it made me hesitant to speak. This is the Matt Rife episode, if you want to look it up. Um, and this is before Matt Rife blew up into who, you know, who he is now. So this is the Matt Rife episode. Um, and I went six for six. I actually watched the jokes back and I killed that shit. Them shits was hard. Them jokes. Nah, I said some funny shit off of the top. I said some funny shit, shit that I would use today. And I was coming off the top with, I think, out of the six jokes, five of them was off the top. One of them was just something that I that I knew. You know what I'm saying? And it's like all the all def digital, man, Brandon Lewis, Billy Sorrells, Kev on stage, Craig Fax, uh, all them, I still fuck, I still talk to them all the time. You know what I mean? But it's just that particular, that particular setup, it wasn't one that was conducive to, to community, like making us grow. I'm like, nigga, I'm trying to laugh at everybody's jokes to um to you know help you know help your joke hit if i'm laughing at what you said about me i'm helping your joke hit even though it's funny i'm not going to minimize it like that wouldn't even that wouldn't even funny like nah i don't know about shit nah that was funny me saying that is not minimizing you not at all you know what i'm saying like if if you uh all right tiffany gibbons man have a good night um it's like, when I say community, if we just made each other, gave each other opportunities and made each other better, better, then I think we would become unstoppable. The game changed. It's the algorithm game. It's the internet game. A motherfucker get a certain amount of followers and all he, now he can just retweet your shit. He can just repost your shit. Your shit going to do numbers because they got that much momentum and swing with their shit on Stage shared one of my posts. Bro, I got a thousand followers in a day. Like, that's the type of, you know what I mean? That's community. He didn't have to do that. Share that. I'm telling that man, text me. Hey, Star, send me that video. The one video about woundy wound. I bet. Sent it to him. He posted. Shout out to Larry Stars, man. This video right here is hilarious. I'm watching my motherfucking followers just go crazy. And I'm like, yo. Community. It don't hurt you to repost somebody if you got a little bit momentum or they can develop a fan base. Let me tell you something. When I did my special, when well, I did my comedy special, Goo McIntyre performed, he hosted. LaRonda Clay performed. And then Eric, Eric, uh, Eric Kimbrough performed. Eric's out of Louisville. Goo and LaRonda are out of the same city as me, so everybody knows us three, but they don't know Eric. I wanted Eric to come because, one, they see LaRonda, but they don't know... If LaRonda, they they got in the back of their head, they don't know if she's as funny as everybody say she is. So she she performs and she kills. Goo kills. Eric gets on the stage and dismantles everything because they've never seen him before. So Eric, Eric, he dismantled it. But that's the purpose. Community. Me giving, my, me giving my stage, people's coming to see me for the special. They don't even know Eric's there, but now they know who Eric is. Everybody kept saying, man, I did not know they was that funny. Man, man, who's that one dude from Louisville, man? Who's that? Man, dog? he's comedy. My uncle texted me the next day. Man, I am still laughing at him, man. Man, I'm still doing it. This is community, bro. This is what it's about. I'll be seeing Eric post something, and then they'll see somebody from Lexington in the comments. I'm like, dawg, that's what it's about. We need to grow. We need each other to grow. So if I can get an opportunity to put my man's in position, I'm not going to take it as if that's going to take something away from me that's going to help him. You know what I'm saying? Millionaire said, "Uh, the AD, the ADD roast me was mad haterous, especially that R&B dude with the waves." <laughs> it was... It was a little haterish, it, it, you know what I mean? But everybody, everybody like the energy off camera was, you know what I mean? It was different. It's just they style of roasting. You know what I'm saying? I'm used to everybody laughing at everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just used to everybody laughing at everybody. So to be in an environment where you're trying to like minimize and not make people seem as funny. I'm like, that's not productive. Cause everybody's trying to win. Why would we come to look like we not funny? Like I came here from Kentucky, bro. That's a that's a, a a five and a half hour flight across the country. I came from Kentucky. I didn't come here to seem unfunny. I came here to do me and and grow. You know what I mean? And I mean I I can say that. I mean that roast me. It's like I, it's a good resume. You know what I mean? I I gained friends from it that I still communicate with to this day. You know what I'm saying? It's like Craig is one of the best to do it. Craig is one of the best to do it. We talk, man, you know what I mean? We talk great blue moon, man, just chopping it up. You know what I mean? That's the homie. Billy Sorrell, that's the homie. Kev on stage, that's the homie. Brandon Lewis, that's the homie. Like, that's what we do. You know what I mean? It's about community. It's about building each other up, helping each other win. And I say all of that to say, like, that's kind of what Cat Williams does with no recognition for it. He builds community. like. He's saying if I get $100,000, i am dropping 10000 in the same city I got the 100000 from. He's like, that's my way of tithing. So I'm giving 10000 back in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? And it's like, bro, think about how beautiful that is because you change shit for people. Those gestures that you forgot about because it was so simple to do, that lasts people for life. Like, people, people be lasting on that for life. Like, bro, Eric Kimbrough opened up for Cat Williams at the Yum! Center. Now, that's a benchmark in his career, fam. I got to perform in the Yum Center because of Cat Williams. That's a big accomplishment, bro. <laughs> like, understand that. You know what I mean? Ain't no better feeling than you being on the stage with people that you deem monsters and you are sitting there at the same level as they are with your jokes. They make you level up. The conversation that you have off the motherfucking scat man, come on, bro. Real shit. Real shit. I respect Cat Williams for speaking his truth. I respect, I respect, I respect how long it took him to do it because that shows that he was like ignoring the attacks and just keeping his head down and, and sticking to business, you know? And then it just got to the point where he said, fuck it. And he just, you know, he unleashed on people and he started talking and he's, he's, he's got receipts. Like he's talking in detail with receipts. You know, so it's like it ain't for us to believe whether it's real or fake. It's more so for the other people who's who's so-called total lie. If you live a lie, then you gotta, you know what I mean? It's gonna be expensive to keep that lie alive. And eventually that money will gonna run dry. So the truth is gonna come out sooner or later. You know what I mean? You know. Kimbrough said, uh Kimbrough said, Cat gave me out of his pocket at his show on top of what the promoter paid me. And see, I've heard that story multiple times, bro. Like, I've heard that story multiple times with people. You know what I'm saying? I've heard that story multiple times with, with comedians that interacted with Cat Williams. Like, man, I did a five-minute set, and he gave me $700 and told me keep pushing. And it's like, bro, that that, that alone is just, it holds its own different kind of weight, bro. It just holds its own weight. It's 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 wild, man. Coach Truck said, keep doing big things. You keep doing big things too, man. You know what I mean? What y'all do, man, for the for the high school sports world, man, is, is very much needed and appreciated, man. We appreciate you and Big B, man. Big Buford. But it's like I've learned, like, watching watching Carlos interact with people that are fans of him, I learned. I mean, that's, that's kind of my style anyway, but I learned from him to never let that shit get to your head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've watched people come up as fans, like just chicks like, Carlos, man, you did your thing, man. I, I just want to smoke a blunt with you. And he's like, shit, come to the back. And shit, they just sit back there and talk to smoke the blunt. Like, they just chilling. It wasn't nothing, no extra. It was just a conversation. like they just. And it's like, that's a lifelong experience for them. But to him, it's just like, all right, this is after the show. You know what I mean? I'm gonna just be on some regular shit, some normal shit, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? We walk in the hotel. Ain't you, dude, from wildin' Out? He's like, nope, and he just walks off. And it's just like we laughing about the shit. Like, you know, he's like, nigga, shit happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, those those experiences, like, it teaches you how to it teaches you how to uh, react when you get in those same situations because it, your hand is so heavy, it can change things have it moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never seen, I've never seen like Carlos and them treat people like bad. Like they try to get shit in order. You know what I mean? And if some shit get, you know, hectic, then they handle it accordingly. But it's like, for the, for the most part, everything be smooth. Everything be cool. It be all love all the time. You know what I'm saying? Chico Bean shouted me out in front of my city. We at the opera house. Chico Bean shouted me out in front of my city. He didn't have to do that. But that's a lifetime thing. That's in the books. That's in the books. He didn't have to do that. See what I'm saying? Like, no matter what a hater say, no matter what, it's like, bruh, that was right there in front of a packed house. Somebody that y'all came to see was talking about the hometown guy in a good way, quoting jokes verbatim. That's real love. Like, you know what I'm saying? Community. You know, (laughs) DeMontre said, I didn't have a show with Cat Williams, but I did a show for a cat. Gave me five dollars plus what the promoter gave me. (laughs) It's tough out here, man. It's, It's what I'm saying is, is, you know, they came up in the rawest era. And a lot of things that go on in the industry, we know nothing about because you're dealing with the big boys. You're talking lawyers. You're talking assistants. You talking security, you talking management, you talking agents, you talking a whole different level besides a a Facebook inbox like, yo, can you do this show? And I'm a I'm a cash app you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the that's the you know, what I mean, it's a different level. So what happens now? I can relate to this in a sense of eh, once the real is rare special drops, you'll see how this is similar for me. You know what I'm saying? In my special, I became vulnerable and I told truths that nobody knew about. You know, to the normal person, to to the the normal person, it will seem like none of this stuff was possible to happen because it's never been spoken about. But then when I speak about it and I match it with receipts, the view changes. Now it's like, hmm, that's why everybody was locked into what Cat Williams was saying, hung on every single word. Because he's saying it and he's matching it with receipts and nobody expected it. That's how this works. Now, what happens is, since Cat Williams spoke his truth, everybody got to defend themselves now. And for the people that's wrong, you ain't going to do nothing but look goofy. If you try to combat back, like Michael Blackson's trying to roast back, you little midget nigga, like, bro, he called you a person from Africa that has a fake African accent. He killed you. He shot you up. You out of here. Mm, mm, mm. It's real. Now, Michael Blackson, every time you talk about Cat Williams, you look silly. And Michael Blackson is one of the funniest comedians that I've seen in the history of me watching comedy shows. I saw Michael Blackson in Toronto and my knee was stinging. And I didn't even know why my my knee was stinging. It was because I was slapping it laughing so hard. I thought Michael Blackson was going to kill my mama, boy. Because she was laughing and not taking a breath. To the point where I'm like, "Grit a pat on the back like a kid. Michael Blackson gets busy. But what I'm saying is, as him speaking out to everybody, you got to react in a mature way or you're going to look stupid. Kevin Hart, mature. Real short, simple, mature, leave it alone. He said a little sentence and then started promoting what he got next, his next film. Smart. Ricky Smiley got on the radio show, explained himself had somebody come on the radio show, kind of vouch for what he's saying and then said that he has no issue with Cat Williams, kept it peace, smart. Because if you got rowdy and started talking crazy, you're going to look like Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy looks silly. Anything that they say, they're going to look goofy in defense. That was a masterclass of how to take up for yourself by Cat Williams. A complete and utter masterclass the bravery that it takes to go against everybody in the industry that's a power player and stand on your own. You didn't mention nobody but yourself. You, st- you stood on your own against everybody. You talked about Earthquake. You talked about, you talked about uh, uh, Kevin Hart. You talked about Tiffany Haddish. You talked about Faison Love. He took a little slight shot at Aries Spears. You talked about Ludacris. You talked about Chris Tucker. You talked about everybody, bro, that's a power player in the industry that you're in and stood 10 toes on it. And what's wild is you can do that because you don't need them to survive. You have have grown to a level to where a gatekeeper cannot affect you. People got to see beyond the wordplay and see the power that exists in their conversation. If that ain't your goal, then what you doing? And on that note, we're gonna end it like that, man you know what I'm saying so episode thirty one of the Ariola roller coaster podcast, I need to find a name for this uh... oh yeah, I already got the name cat Williams <laughs> Cat Williams, yeah hell, yeah, let me type that in the thing man. see see what that what that pops up like uh let me see cat Williams <laughs> <laughs> cat williams (laughs) my logan said um bro your time is coming and if i make it i'm putting you on too that's what it's about vice versa man see this is this is the work that exists this is the work that exists in the game right now it's 11:57. i'm a father my kids are teenagers and they self-sufficient but i'm taking time away from my feet to grind and be productive and go toward something right I'm, I'm putting my time towards something that's productive. This is my resume. You can, look, you can look on my YouTube channel, and I have 30 other episodes of me doing this right here. This costs money. The board that is hooked to costs money. If you can tell, my, my pitch is a little bit more crispy. That's because I invested in a camera. And the camera's sitting on top of the MacBook that I, I invested in. The, 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 the shine that you see on me, these are lights I invested in all by myself. This is nobody helping me with this. This is my investment. It's thousands of dollars worth of stuff that I had to get one at a time in order to present this, you know what I'm saying? Cause I believe in me that much. You know what I mean? So with the help of community, I think the possibilities is endless and that's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like shout out to Cat Williams, man. Shout out to everybody that was even mentioned in the joint. Like, Shout out to everybody that's just grinding, trying to make it. Shout out to people that, that found success. Shout out to the people that's going to find success in the future. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us comedians, people be thinking like, man, you're going to blow up and you're going to make it. And who's to say I ain't already made it, though? Right? Who's, who's, who's to say that I didn't make it already? Because, I mean, if you, if you actually think about it, I'm doing what I love for a living. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not rich by no means. But the process is fun. You know how exciting it is to drive to a place knowing that you got a show and you walk in a room and it's full of people? That's the best part. You get on that stage and let it loose, my boy. That's the, that's the best part, man. You know? So with that said, man, let me find my um let me find my jam, man. Let me find my jam. I ain't played it in a minute, man. My outro. Shout out to Petey Smooth, man. You know what I mean? Petey Smooth with the Beats like a bird, or it's Yeah You are now like Tuned into Episode 31 day. Of the Areola Roller Coaster Podcast We naming this one like Cat bird. Williams Cat day. Williams I appreciate each and every one of y'all Coming in these comments Chopping it up with like me man Shout out to my boy Millionaire Hoy I'm gonna like have you make me a workout my boy
1: you know, I'll be working
0: out, but I'll be seeing you get busy, man. I need a workout, man. Uh, shout out to everybody on YouTube. Shout out to everybody on Facebook. Shout out to everybody on my comedian Larry Starks page on Facebook. I know you're like, who is this guy with this beard? I'm him. <laughs> shout out to everybody on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitter. Shout out to every person that fucked with me all last year, man. 2023 was a beautiful year for me. When it comes to shows, my mentals, financially, physically, like a it's a beautiful year, or man. I think if 2024 20, is equal or above, man, I've done my job, man. Like Salute to everybody, man. Like this is episode 31 of the Ariola Roller Coaster Podcast, man. Like and I'll catch y'all for episode 32. Like we out. <laughs> God. like we, like a bird.
2: yeah.